more about co-housing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Co-housing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, and we're really glad you found us today. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? I'm great. I'm excited for our conversation today. Yes, same, same. We've got (laughs) actually two guests today, and we know them pretty well, I would say. we did. (laughs) We've pulled in, uh, should we call them the B team? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You mean the boys team? There we go. Yes. Okay, so I will introduce uh, Kip. Kip is Lynn's spouse, and Kip is here as a member both of Co-Housing Houston, um, because, of course, he is moving in with Lynn. But also he's here because he has some experience uh, doing volunteer work days um, in things other than co-housing. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And then, Lynn, do you want to introduce our other guest? Yes. And our other guest, his name is Mike, (laughs) and he is going to be moving in with Kelly as the father of her three children and also as her husband. And um, Mike has a lot of experience living in co-housing. And the first time I met Mike, I was really struck by some of his stories that he told about work days from a perspective of a very busy man with a job where he travels every week and how the, the work days allowed him to really participate in the community and actually freed up personal time for him. So I'm, I'm really intrigued uh, about what he's going to, you know, bring forward today. <laughs> so hi, Mike and Kip. Morning. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> well, guys, the, I wanted to talk about work days because this is a really significant topic in co-housing, um, particularly people who want to you know, think and dream about co-housing. And then they think like, oh, how will we ever get everything done? And so um, I think that people don't really realize that they maybe have had similar experiences outside of co-housing. So I want to talk about that. And then uh, I also want to talk about kind of the pros and cons of uh, what it means to do work with your neighbors. Um, So Kip, can you tell us a little bit about your experience outside of co-housing you know, what have you done that is uh, related to this that you think of when when we talk about work days? Uh, well, you know, as a homeowner for many years, a lot of the stuff that I have done is around my house and usually done it alone. But a couple of exceptions to that would be where I get involved at our church, which is a an older building and requires a lot of maintenance. And we do have periodic uh, sessions where people gather together and work on the grounds and the buildings. And um, that that's always been something that I've very much enjoyed when I was able to participate in it. Um, another example, a sad example would be when we uh, had flood damage in our house and we ended up having to do a lot of demolition and we had a crew of folks come in at various times to help. And that was uh, actually a little pleasant <laughs> amid all the pain <laughs> and suffering and fear and and loathing. But uh, in both cases, it was an opportunity, you know, to get to know my friends in a different way, or um, my fellow congregants at church in new and different ways. You know, there's a lot that you can, you can learn in a process like that things you thought you were good at, you find out you're not, (laughs) or, or the reverse, where someone says, I don't know how to do this. And you go, hey, well, actually, I do. Uh, And so, you know, a lot goes on in those settings um, 
that can enrich us actually, yeah. as well as add value to whatever the project is we're working on. I like that both it's getting the project done and then also just spending the time together. I imagine there's a lot of, uh, it's not downtime because it's busy time, right? Like you're you're doing something, but you can chat and get to know someone and or get to know someone better. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know the the learning opportunities are there as well, which which is fun. But uh, honestly, work goes so much faster when you're with someone you like or someone you don't know, but you're you're getting to know them. Yeah, someone you want to know better. That's so great. Well, how about you, Mike? You've had experience in workdays, but then you had another example of um, shared work that you've done volunteer. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think we've all had the experience like Kip was mentioning of, you know, as a homeowner, you have all these projects to do and and I enjoy that work. I really do. Now, I'm not going to ask for any reviews if that works any good. But uh, I enjoy yeah. doing it. This would take a very different turn, Mike. <laughs> you're the only person on this call that would know yet. So uh, I, but, I heard um, he's great. I don't know what you're talking about, Kelly. Depends on the project. I'm just glad that Kip's going to oversee the work on work days. That's, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I've enjoyed doing it. But then, you know, what happens, what has happened is is the same thing that's happened to all of us. Is we get busy, we don't get a project done. And, and next thing you know, something is not functioning well or it looks bad. And so you're eventually paying for it or you just live with it. When you have the opportunity to work with uh, a number of other people in a social setting, the, the benefits are just amazing. And I have really enjoyed that. Um, that's something, you know, through various community projects we had experienced, but not really on a very organized level, I would say, until we moved into co-housing. And since then, we've had the, a couple of opportunities to really get involved with uh, very well-organized workdays. And so... You know, for me personally, I love seeing that we can get a huge volume of work done. Um, but more important than that is the social aspect of doing it. I have gotten to know my, my neighbors better through work days than almost through any other setting. And that's really the jumping off point, because after that, of course, you have that that sustained relationship. Um, I've enjoyed learning new skills. I've enjoyed teaching new skills. I've enjoyed uh, working with in, in you know, co-housing co being intergenerational. I've done a number of projects working with uh, teens and kids uh, as we're all working together that it's just been a, just great. Um, we have an HOA here uh, in our current uh, residence here in Houston, and we've had an opportunity to do a, a work day. And what we're trying to do is save on HOA dues, right? Uh, same thing with a very low cost uh, sailing club that we belong to. And the reason why it's low cost is because we do these work days and we get a ton of work done really enjoyable. You get to meet people from all over Houston, people with very different backgrounds. Um, and it's just uh, very satisfying to me personally. So what I'm hearing from you guys is not, it's like, but it's interesting because both of you lead out with the satisfaction of working with other people um, more so than even the, you know, that you get to to learn new things and you also get to save some money on whatever, <laughs> not hiring stuff out and and also that it gets done well. I think that all mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Have you done yeah. anything, um, either Kip or Mike, that maybe you wouldn't have done uh, on your own? You know, things that, are you bolder in a group? Yeah, Kip. Uh, yeah, one one uh, occasion where we did some work, uh, this was down in Costa Rica working on a, a church. And, and I, we had a, a very important task about <clears throat> these large piles of gravel that we had to move from one spot to the other. And that yeah. was required a lot of, shovel work not fun uh, but it was it was uh, it was a, a way to learn how to shovel gravel if you didn't already know <laughs> and 
one of the things I got to do during that occasion was get to boss around a bunch of people that I didn't know very well, which was a lot of fun because they didn't know who I was and I didn't really know them, but I got to pretend I was their boss and tell them how to do their jobs, which <laughs> engendered a lot of laughter and I hope good warm feelings over the course of the, of the day. Uh, so, so Kim, you're you telling us you're a, you're a gravel shoveling um, expert here. I think this is uh, co-housing Houston people take note if we need to have gravel shovels. Yeah, but actually, oh, Kip, Kip, I thought you were going to talk about you actually did get training on how to um, do that uh, stucco kind of work, oh. didn't you? Well, yeah, we got uh, a chisel and a hammer and got to. No, remove the I thought old you were doing it with. Or, <laughs> anyway, I thought you got you were part of that team that actually got special training to do that kind of you know throwing the concrete against the the wall. Oh yeah, of, that was yeah. That was what fun. what is that? Stuccoing. You were doing kind of Something manuals. Like that. Yeah, so I, I mean, that out for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really kind of interesting. That it was kind of when would a guy working behind a computer in an office ever get a chance to learn something to, like to that stucco. from yeah. yeah, from from a local tradesman, you know? So that was really mm. interesting, I thought. <laughs> um well, Mike, you know, you to, just to kind of build out on this social aspect, one of the things that I've heard you talk about before is a little bit more about the intergenerational, but not just intergenerational, but, you know, men and women working together on projects that might normally have been either all male or all female just because of the way life gets organized uh, outside of a co-housing group. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about that. The, yeah, there, there are so many projects to do on a big work day and it's everything from food prep to say common house maintenance or changing light bulbs doing like little repair jobs around the 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 common house and the shared areas that absolutely need to be done and really can be done by by anybody but you know there's so many projects that need multiple people uh involved with them so we built uh, a, a wonderful uh, shelter at Nyland um, with all the, you know, to place all our picnic tables and grills and stuff like that. Men and women working together up on the roof, assembling. And of course, we've got, you know, it, 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 as is often the case in, in co-housing, you have somebody who is a professional in the area, mm, you know, mm -hmm. so a, a contractor, a builder, and is really uh, kind of instructing people on what to do. But these are jobs that, yeah, you might normally see men doing them in a lot of cases, but there's men and women working together. We recently just uh, in this uh, uh, Seabrook Sailing Club that we're a part of, we recently moved this giant swing set across the property and it's mm -hmm. men and women. Everybody's got a, a hand in moving this thing. Um, you know, when we built a, a it was about a, a pretty sizable chicken coop, 10 by 11. And I did roofing with my neighbor's son. That was great. I finished a lot of the interior work with my uh, oldest daughter. Uh, every single time there are opportunities to work uh, with with kids and and just men and women working together on all these projects. It's definitely not um, it's it's not, you know, there aren't men doing projects and women doing projects. Right, no. right. Well, and I think that to, it, what I'm hearing from both of you is that it brings you into contact with people that you might not normally come into contact with. And so it gives you kind of a basis for building out your relationship with them. And I, I just thinking about Kip, if some of those church work days, um, mm -hmm. if, if, Somebody had said to you, oh, would you like to come over on a Saturday morning and sit around and have coffee for two hours with these people? You would not have signed up. But they said, you want to come over and do power washing for two hours? And you signed up right away. And as a result of it, you got to know uh, a lot of people. 
you know. Yeah, and it's interesting that you, you put it that way because there's something about the volunteerism that makes people um, connect on a certain level that maybe wouldn't otherwise. You know, for example, at, at a church setting or anything else, people come there because they they're there, they want to they want to help, and they want to go out of their normal step out of their normal lives to do something different, to add value, um, and. It, so it's you're interacting with people who have the same sort of volunteerism notion that, that you do. And I wonder if it's different, you know, in a co-housing environment where everyone lives there. And it's, it's like an extended home where you have to, you know, you have to do work on your home. You might not want to do it that day. You might not feel great. But I mean, is, is it different when people are not exactly volunteering, but there's sort of a sense of, I won't say obligation, but there there is a certain um, expectation that you participate in those in those work days. What's your experience in that, Kelly or Mike? You can definitely say it's an obligation uh, because it is. It's participation. Now, does everybody have to participate every time? No, not necessarily. You know, there there's always a reason why one may not. I think um, the most difficult thing for somebody wondering about if they should participate or if they even want to or if this is something they can do is really just the inertia, just getting going. Once you're a part of it, you will realize that there are all levels of things you can do to help serve the community. And that that works for anything, right? That's just the signing up to volunteer in a church function, um, a work, you know, a work event, uh, a community, anything. But in co-housing, it's a little bit more involved because you that you live there. You see everybody working. If you are out doing something, there have been many times we've been running our children around to various events and we just could not make the beginning of workday. We're going to try. But when we get back, I mean, everybody's right there. There is no going into your house and just uh, <laughs> shut the world for the day unless you have to. You're going to jump in and you're going to work. Yeah. But, you know, I, it, that certainly sounds like it's a big, heavy obligation. It's really not. You know, you're mm -hmm. so much more invested in the ownership mm. of your community when you participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I sort of that, reminds me. Yeah, okay. If I was going to add on to to Mike's that it's there's a financial stake. Yes, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know yeah. we've experienced that at um out at Seabrook that you know our dues would be significantly higher if everybody didn't pitch in and do this, and so therefore mm -hmm. everybody pitches in and do, does it because you don't want to pay, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, the other component that I was wondering about is that I think right now, while we're all virtual, you know, some people are just connecting, doing little tasks via Zoom, um, or even if you make arrangements to meet up to do something, in, it's very much separate from the space that you normally live in. And we have, you know, people's lives are so busy, people forget stuff. Like we had a big meeting on Tuesday night, and I just talked to somebody yesterday. It just totally slipped from their mind and their calendar. They got busy at work and it just left them. Whereas I think if it's happening outside your front door, or if you said you were going to show up and you don't, somebody just knock on your door because they would say, Hey, I knew you were coming, but whereas in this disconnected world, it's much, much easier to just stay more separate. Yeah. I, I was just reminded of an occasion back when I was young, and it was not only one, but many occasions where I would come home from some activity and I'd see my poor mother out there in the front yard raking leaves, and I would just go inside and listen to music. I wasn't <laughs> interested in helping her as she struggled with the rake and the piles of leaves or whatever it happened to be. So, um, 
yeah, you're reminded that you're a part of something bigger than yourself, I guess. And you really need to, um, you know, put some, put something into it that maybe you don't feel like at that moment, but mm. that's, that's part of, I guess, part of building our community and our, yeah. our life. Yeah. Well, it also gives you, Kelly, you mentioned this earlier when we were chatting about this topic that by working in a public space that you also live in, it gives you a greater sense of ownership of that space. So right now, you know, when you, when I finish a project in my house, I just feel so good, so proud, whether I love power washing, you know, so I'm power washing my drive. And then every day for the next week, I'll come home and I'll go, oh my gosh, doesn't that driveway look awesome? (laughs) And I can just imagine how that I know that at church experiences, when I power wash at church, I make sure on Sunday morning that everybody appreciates my power washing of the steps, you know, <laughs> don't these steps look amazing? And I think we'll all feel like that when we uh, all come like together. when you finish something and you post a picture, you know, on Instagram yeah, and yeah. the likes roll in, like in causing, it's like that, only it's real. Like it's for real. Yeah. <laughs> going to the thing and people in real life like it and want it. The thing that I think that you um, are are uh, are hinting at too, Kip, though maybe this hasn't quite come out yet, is that like the participation aspect, the the there needs to be a match um, between the expectations of what gets done and the um, willingness of what will get done. So it's in, it was interesting to me when you said that you you were the person who got to like boss around the uh, the gravel you know movers, because there are a group of people who are tasked with you know figuring out what work needs to be done, and then there's the broader community that needs to show up and do the work. And so weeding is one of my favorite examples of a typical mismatch. Of there's always a group of people who think that things need to be weeded more, and then there is a group of people who refuse to weed anymore. And so um, that is definitely, I think, a tension in most co-housing communities is figuring out that balance of the mismatch, mm-hmm. what, how much work needs to get done. So I don't know if you guys have experienced that um, in other settings. Like, do you just, the things that nobody's willing to do just go undone? Um, yeah, Mike, <laughs> he like well, raised his hand. <laughs> yes, Mike. I, I was going to bring up the weeding example before you brought up the weeding example. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite, yeah. And, and I feel like that was targeted uh, because I've been very clear about my feelings on weeding. And I have certainly pulled way more than my fair share of weeds. But you're right. There is a there's an imbalance sometimes in expectations. Mm. Sometimes these these processes and plans need to be reviewed and changed over time. Mm. Uh, and, you know, one one person having this is the this is the beauty of a of, of an um co-housing community as opposed to say an HOA that many people have not had positive experiences with. We have one person that's calling out things that need to be done. Now in an HOA, it's a little different. You don't necessarily have that positive social pressure that brings people to work together. In co-housing though, you do. And so sometimes people are doing work even if they don't necessarily agree. We need to weed all of this all the time. Maybe there's mm-hmm. something else that could be done here in the in the um you know mm-hmm. the meantime. But I will say you know, that is, you know, we've seen that people are are more or less resistant to making those changes over time. Um, I do think, too, that 
um, there are any number of things to get involved with. And I just think that having a good plan and having people that know what they're doing, which you always get in co-housing, you always get people that know what they're doing on, in, in, in specific project areas, really helps keep all of us on track. And we've gone through multiple iterations of work days where they've been full eight plus hour days and everybody is exhausted by the end of it. But, you know, some of us find that very satisfying. We've gone to other ones where they're say quarterly and they're four hour days. And it feels like it's hard to get a lot of projects done mm. in that case. I think the thing just to be really realistic with anybody listening, wondering how they uh, participate in these is there are specific projects to get involved with. You can show up and not know anything about anything and somebody will plug you in somewhere and it mm. won't be for your, your head if you don't want to learn a new skill, if you just want to show up and participate. There will be other projects, once, especially once you've been there longer and you'll have somebody that's a builder, um, you know, that knows what they're doing or somebody that's very involved in landscape that really knows what they're doing. You may even know prior to workday all the work that needs to get done. You may be getting started early and working a little bit later because there's very specific knowledge around these projects. So the point is, there's all levels of things happening. Mm -hmm. and. And and weeding is is one of those that is, it is eternally debated. I can't wait to find out about this whole weeding thing. It's like you guys years ago were talking about parking, and I thought, how can parking be such a problem? But now I'm starting to understand how that's going to be a problem. <laughs> so, well, um, I was just going to say something I've observed in some of the projects that I've been involved in, volunteer projects, is that there's always been a role of somebody who's kind of like the end of the parade sweeper crew who, you know, everything's winding down and then that person comes in and like makes sure that tools aren't left in place, that, you know, the final, you know, tape pulled off of some paving project or whatever. And I don't know, you're nodding uh, for our, our listeners that like that is something you guys have seen as well in co-housing. Yeah, especially the tools because they're owned by the community and some yeah. people bring out their own personal, uh, those Japanese weeding tools, <laughs> to bring it back to weeding again, those were like forever in demand. And so the community made sure that okay. they had their tools back and, yeah. and also just like the final, you know, sweeping, if everybody's been weeding or, you know, doing yard work and there's stuff all over the, the pedways or the walkways, somebody comes mm -hmm. out and sweeps. In fact, those were always good, uh, kid jobs. They put, yeah, put yeah. a kid with a big broom and yeah. Go well, you know, one thing I'm thinking about as we kind of wind this down is that our backyard right now is a very sad, sad, sad place. It is di it's died the last two winters because of deep freezes. And I know both Kip and I are feeling a little bit like overwhelmed and really sad about this. And it's just us two alone, right, working it. And I was just thinking, you know, this morning we had a very sad conversation over coffee looking at our lawn <laughs> at backyard. And I was thinking, you know, if we were in a big group, I know that the landscape group would have all these ideas about what to do that we have no idea about because we don't have the knowledge and would be helping us break yeah. it down and put it into a work day and that gives me a great uh, source of hope and comfort for my future that yeah. I won't have to face these kinds of things alone in the future. That's yeah, very. that's very true. I mean, and more than likely, uh, there are people that they're they're always thinking about, say, landscaping and, and right. maintenance. They're seeing these issues before, maybe even before you realize it's an yeah. issue. That's I'm sure. Their, you may be that person. You may be leading a group. And so that's where yeah. your head's going to be at, looking around the community and thinking, okay, yeah. 
workday, this is what we're doing. And so, you know, I think people, I think it's easy to feel a little bit more hopeful about those situations and not get it to a point where you're kind of sad about the backyard because you already knew a month ago on the next workday, you were going to tackle this. And so mm -hmm. you're more energized around the next, you know, yeah, yeah. round of work to get done to take yeah. care. I, we need a work day in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. And I like I like the idea of competitive weeding. I can see how that could be work well for our community. I'm not going to be the won. first guy have, to you leave. You have already won. <laughs> <laughs> not for me, but I'll be do, doing competitive power washing. So I go. love, yeah. I love power washing. <laughs> I'm just worried we won't have enough surface for me to power wash though. So. You guys, there's a big neighborhood so. beyond our our front door. <laughs> Lynn takes off down the road. Yeah, I'll see you, you later. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. This was a really enjoyable conversation, and I hope it gave it gives people an idea of um, you know what a forming group is looking at, and then also what experiences people bring in about working together, and some of the pros and cons of of the meaningful work that we do in co housing. Well, thank you. It was great to be here today. And I uh, really do look forward to being able to do all this together. Maybe yeah. not less so the weeding, but the, everything okay. else. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the opportunity to air my grievances about weeding. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice chatting with you guys. We'll see you. See you soon. <laughs> thanks for stopping by today. We're so glad you clicked on our episode. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.